0: Hi, I'm Jen Cooper, the creator of the digital magazine, Jennifer, where we're ushering in a new kind of women's media. One that challenges the way women have been seen and spoken about in media for far too long. So are you ready to step into this new era with us? Then let's chat. First, let me check in with you. How are you doing? How are you feeling? How are you holding up? This is a new year and... Um, yeah, it's been a year already. I, the other day I said, we had a really tough day. And I said, you know, <laughs> what a month this day has been. So I imagine you might be feeling that way too. I know whenever I'm going through something, a lot of other people are. And if it wasn't that, I mean the world, right? It's a it's a painful mess. So I, I, I know you're probably feeling it. The despair, it's real. And while I can't Personally, individually fix the world. I'm hoping that today I can offer you a little loving support. In fact, today we're going to talk about self love. Are you good at loving who you are? Did you have a good role model for it growing up? Do you have people in your circle now who support your practice of believing you are good and whole and they're there to cheer you on when you have a dip? Because we all dip, right? I mean, that's that's just human. So hopefully the answer to all of those questions are amazing and yes and absolutely. And if not, well, I'm hoping by the end of this conversation with Nadia Murdoch, my guest today, you'll be ready to put in a new practice. Let me tell you a little bit about Nadia. Nadia is a mindset and movement coach who has been featured on E! Self, NBC, and now drum roll please, Jennifer Magazine. That's right. She's uh, in our January issue that is available right now on our newsstand. So don't miss it. Go to jennifermag.com. There's a ton, a ton of fantastic articles in there that will blow you away. They'll change the images you hold and they'll change your life. Uh, Okay. That's a hard sell, isn't it? But I just feel so passionately about this. I just believe in it so much. Um, yeah, and I like believing in things. I like believing in things that are good in the world. So also I believe in the power of media. So this media that we made for you is digital. It's optimized for your phone, tablet, and and desktop. So you can read it anywhere. But beyond that, what I really want you to hear and, and hold from today's conversation is how we have the power to practice self love and Nurture and grow it into a lifestyle, a lifestyle, a lifestyle that has the potential to have a wonderfully powerful ripple effect. So, okay. All right. Enough. Enough for me. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Do you know what's so interesting about all of these conversations that we're all having they all have a real theme of self love that I yeah. find so fascinating, which is why That's I'm so glad great. that we're talking today. Because I always think of like self love as something that could be what is the word selfish.
1: Mm, a lot of people do. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, especially I mean- as a mom, I've I've noticed like a lot of moms struggle with it because their thought process is they have to put their kids first. However. When you do that and neglect yourself, you're not the best version for your kids. So they're getting like the half, half ass model, you know, mom. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so it's hot. They struggle with that a lot, you know, because we're also setting an example. Like you have, you know, two daughters, you know, we're setting an example. And so when they grow up and they have relationships or even friendships, they have to see that to know that, you know, you live what you learn. Yeah. And I think the
0: idea too, that when you love
1: yourself,
0: you are not concerned with anybody else, but I think the exact opposite is what is actually true. When you love yourself, you are able to show up without that feeling of pressure from an outside source that
1: somehow you have to conform and also like, like get grouchy about. Like unapologetically, cause like you're not authentic, right? So if you're, fitting into these cookie cutters of how you think you should show up. You're not honoring yourself. Therefore, you're not truly loving yourself.
0: Yeah, and also that self-love. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to hear your thoughts on this. I think (laughs)
1: that it helps build your bandwidth to love others. Oh, 100%. Because when you're more self-aware of who you are, what other people do, you don't take personally because that's a you problem, not a my. you know what I mean? And therefore- You can have a deeper understanding like, oh, she just lost her job or whatever. Like you don't make it about yourself because that love is in place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that allows you to,
0: when you don't make it a me problem, (laughs) you're able to have so much more compassion.
1: Oh, yeah. And learn stuff about yourself too. I feel like you can always learn stuff about yourself if you allow yourself to look at it that way, you know?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And also because we're always changing, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've had enough experience now in my life to know that yeah. there is a core of me that runs through. There's a through line. And interestingly enough, when I keep going back to that core me is probably when I do the best. But I, there are different phases of my life, right? So um, I think we are always changing.
1: Always more to discover. Always
0: more to discover. I mm-hmm. like that. It makes life interesting, right? A hundred percent, yep. Now that we've had our talk, we're like all dived into self-love. You talk so much about it. That's so much of your work is helping others find their own self-love or, or I don't even know if it's fine because it's there. It's just, I don't know, encouraging them.
1: It's like dormant. Mm, Dormant. Or some, some don't even discover it, you know, like, because I think um, Jennifer has a lot to do with your environment, like how you're raised, the company you keep, right? Some people Identify themselves with their failures and never come out of it. Like, that's the reframing piece. So, like, I'm not good at math. I remember I used to tell myself all the time, this stems from like fifth grade, you know, and that follows you. So, you're subconsciously telling yourself that. So, therefore, anything that you approach that deals with that, you've already planted that seed. So, it's the same thing when it comes to loving yourself if you weren't taught or exposed to being proud of your accomplishments, all your accomplishments and how you look, no matter what stage of life or your journey, then that's not a part of you. You're going to be constantly seeking validation, external validation. And when it's not received, that equates to how you feel about yourself and your worth. And it's a sick cycle.
0: As somebody who speaks so confidently about like understanding it because I think there's something to understanding and then there's something to practicing, right? right. Have you always been good at self-love, practicing the art no. of
1: self-love? Okay. I mean, now I'm much better, but I I always say this, I was my first client. That's why I feel I'm so relatable to my clients because I know what it feels like when you're whatever stage that we're working on in coaching, I'm like, yep, I've been there into, in some retrospect, I get it. But you, you don't have to stay there. Like I always say, you can feel your feelings, but don't dwell in them. Same thing with how you may feel about yourself. We all have crappy days. You you can feel that, but don't allow it to define you. So to answer your question, I did a lot of comparison, especially coming into the fitness space. That's got to be a breeding ground for it. I mean, just oh my God.
0: real breeding ground.
1: Oh my God. So oh, I'll rewind a little bit and try not to be too long winded, but. Freshman year, I went away to college. Everyone there did not look like me. I was like one of few Black people there. So that coupled with their exposure to other cultures, there was a lot of ignorance. That caused me to resort to unhealthy practices, which was overeating and just staying in my room. And so I gained a lot of weight. And I didn't recognize not only my physical self, but I didn't recognize my my spirit. It was dimmed. So got into fitness to lose the weight, right? That's what got me there, but that's not what kept me there. What kept me there was the sense of community, the sense of power, strength internally and physically. It's always an up and float, right? So now I'm at this point where I'm confident, fit, but now I'm comparing myself due to diet culture. Oh, am I fit enough? Am I thin enough? Why can't I fit into this? Clothes Mm -hmm. sizes, You know, and these are all learning lessons. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm more than my body. You know, I have so much more to offer than my physical appearance. And you always learn from these things, right? And I think that's what makes me a good coach because the takeaways from my own life lessons allows me to help them reframe and see whatever they're struggling with. Yeah, Definitely. I think that self-love thing, it's a practice to keep coming back to over and over again. Yes. No quick fix. And that's another thing. I think that's like anything in life. Like when you've achieved something, like I achieved it, I'm done. No, actually there's more you can always build upon that practice. So if it's like going deeper or meeting more like-minded people, and I think naturally the universe starts to slough off like old behaviors, old company you keep but it's up to you because that resistance, right? Especially if that behavior is so ingrained, it can be kind of scary that change. So it's up for you to check in that self-awareness and be like, Oh, what's going on here? Is this for me? Cause like, you know, and it's that honesty with yourself. And a lot of us are scared to be honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where some serious growth happens. Mm.
0: We, I just had a conversation yesterday, as a matter of fact, with a friend, and she was suggesting this book, recommending this book. It's called Existential Kink, which is Ooh. such a weird title, but, or an interesting, I should say it's an interesting title, Existential Kink, interesting title. Mm-hmm. And she said that it's basically, you are engaging in patterns of behavior because you secretly love them. Mm-hmm. secretly love them. And usually these are the things that you're, I mean, these are things that you're drawn to. And so she was saying that, what did she find that she loved? You know, like, what was it that she, she was like, she wasn't able to sign up clients and all this stuff. And she liked the idea of, she secretly loved the idea that she was is it striving or that she or that she wasn't successful like there was something about that that she like was really holding on to yeah. and i have had this thing pinged in my head where i was like oh my god i love the fight mm. i love the fight and it right. goes back to my childhood right like feeling like feisty and like always having to fight and i'm not I don't know how to receive. And now in this stage in my life, I'm in the receivership mode. So what you mm-hmm. just said about the universe shedding, I am finding I'm keeping like some of the company that I used to keep that I didn't anymore. I'm like going right. back to I'm like, oh no, they were like mm-hmm. really awesome. And and then some of the people who are being called into my life now, I'm like, oh my God, I just feel so good when I'm around them.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's good. But Jennifer, that's how it should be, right? I've been telling a lot of people this, like every time I talk, I'm like, do an audit. So like I heard this tip in another speech and now I'm just embraced it like an end of year audit. Like, look at the people in your life who is serving you. Who do you feel drained by? They're called energy vampires. And who is potential, but you don't give them the energy that they give you. You know, sometimes you're pouring all your energy in one person, but there's that person there that always shows up for you, is always there for you, and you're not giving them the energy. And then creating that beautiful circle, that inner circle that just constantly lifts you up, that you can call, they'll rejoice in your accomplishments. That's what you need. Many of us have relationships because obligation, habits, again, that honesty, not wanting to admit that it no longer serves you. So I always encourage to do an audit. Of course, family members are different, but you can change where they are in hierarchy, right? How much energy you're extending to them. Like, I can't can't be giving you all of this, all of my time,
0: all of my exactly,
1: Right. You can have a little bit of it, but I'm not giving you it all. Yeah. And that's a sense of boundaries, right? When you set those boundaries, you're protecting your peace. And when you're protecting your peace, it's an act of loving yourself.
0: So I am loving all of these conversations with you all because I think for a long time I was, you know, I, I'm a very I, I think I'm pretty outgoing,
1: but then I'm also
0: <laughs> very like I really like my alone time. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm on that introvert, extrovert, ambivert, whatever that thing is. But I am loving. So many of us are feeling this way and all of you are talking about self-love and it feels so nice, so good, so enriching, so where we need to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's a backlash to, I don't want to say backlash, a healthier alternative to all that we've been experiencing on social media for all of these years, this side this like disconnection. I mean, Mm -hmm. Americans now are reporting more feelings of isolation and depression and anxiety and loneliness than ever before. So I just I really love that there's this like y'all are like some of these like rebels but like rebels with a cause, rebels with yeah. like, love. It's so fantastic. So was there a moment where a lot of us I think are holding ourselves back from loving ourselves. Like you mentioned it could be because of a childhood experience. It could yeah. be because of any number of reasons oftentimes i think about socially like what are we taught socially like is this bad especially if if you are a woman or if you were socialized as a woman or anything like that like it's bad in in many circles to be like yeah i'm i'm awesome like i love myself like right people get so anxious when they hear a woman say that or they feel anxious themselves when they say that right right but what in your experience is holding us back from loving ourselves uh, aside from that,
1: a lot of women don't know how. I think it's a foreign concept, just similar to what you said. I think the con, like the connection to that idea, is seen like what you just said. I love myself. I'm good. It's seen as being boastful or braggy, or you know. But if a man did it, oh yeah, bro, you're great. You know what I mean? So like, but when a woman does it, like you said, socially, how it's seen in media, how it's seen in your office, it's kind of ingrained to be submissive or to play the support not the leader you know and so therefore a lot of it i think is they don't know how especially if it's in your home and then it's in college and then it's in your workplace it follows you and so if there's something tugging at your heart that you need something more even social media social media can be bad but it can also be wonderful the same way you audit your life you should audit the stuff you take in on social and you can get really uplifted because like there are some people that are in situations where there's no one around that can support them. But that's where social is beautiful. They could find Jennifer magazine and read a bunch of articles and feel seen and heard and then connect with you. And then, you know, it's a beautiful domino effect. So to answer your question, I just think a lot of women just don't know how and Aww. neither do their peers. Oh, oh, oh! Don't make me cry. I know it's true, girl. It's beautiful, like, beautiful. also, it's seen as being oh, that's a that's like a hippie thing, or that's some woo-woo. So, like, the silly connotations that go with it. Yeah. it's like no, that's an everyday life practice. I also think there's
0: something else here. That's it's like this idea of if mm-hmm. if people see that I love myself they're also going to think that I don't think I have flaws or that I don't have like weaknesses. And so there's this weird Mm. perfection thing. I think that also happens when we see a woman love herself, like we're expecting women and, and people to be so perfect that when they say they love themselves somehow, like that makes us enraged, like, but you're not perfect,
1: you know? That's interesting. Actually, perfectionism is a sign of not truly loving yourself because you're not trusting yourself. Like, you're not saying it's okay to make mistakes. You're you're not saying it's only okay if I look at this 5,000 times and I'm the one that does it and nobody else. You know what I mean? That's not trusting yourself and allowing yourself to be who you are. But that's
0: interesting. I never heard that connection. Yeah, I don't know if it's an accurate connection, but it's just something <laughs> that I've been seeing and thinking yeah. about lately. So yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows? There's something there for me as I'm processing it. Like, what am I trying to understand? What am I trying to take away from it? So did you have a moment where you knew or recognized that you were holding yourself back? I know that you had this
1: experience in college and then you're like, wait, what what was that like? Like what came to mind right away when you brought that up was when I was in the fitness space, I taught at this one studio and I remember my classes were waitlisted. Everybody loved my class. But I always felt like, because the way I taught, Jennifer wasn't the traditional textbook way. Now, fitness wasn't what I did right out of college. I I worked in PR and events. So I always felt like I had to do it the traditional way. But my personality is my personality. And that's what really made my class my class. Like, I added a lot of psychology, uh, beknownst to me, what would be my future, in my classes and encourage women to focus on their strength they're building, not what someone else is doing, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's that feeling like you're being, your arms are being held down. Like I knew I wanted more, but I didn't, I, did, I was not in an environment, which speaks to what I just said, that supported that. So I was like, Nadia, are you showing up for yourself here? Like figure this out. Like it's that internal dialogue too. And that self-awareness. So many women, um, I feel like have this, but they ignore it. Okay, no, I have my nine to five. They get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm talking from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like they may want to start that business, but they don't have that love and self-confidence in themselves that they can do it. Maybe because nobody around them is doing it. So I feel like when you, the more in tune you are to your own feelings and the conversations you have within, the more, you know, if you're not showing up for yourself, you
0: can physically feel it. Oh, yes, and I think we have to be able to be getting back to you know the the fitness aspect, which is yeah. really about being in your body, right? It's yes. about this embodiment, being in touch with it. It's not just yeah. about getting strong, which I love <laughs> feeling good when I'm walking up a hill. I love that um, <laughs> rather than like you know perfect right. but it's not just about that. It's about understanding the body that you're in what is it capable of? What is it not capable of? What are its limitations? What am I feeling? How am I feeling it? So being able to be in touch with our bodies and listen to it to say like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Like you said it, like, it feels like your arms are like you're being um, constricted, suffocated,
1: like something, you know, like you need that ability to be in touch with your body though. Right. Right. It dampens your energy. Like the more you and it's not like, oh, it's just a bad day. But when that bad day becomes a bad month, and then like, you're like, okay, what's going on? You need to take a time, like take a moment, take a beat and be like, let me assess this. You know, like so many of us are good at doing that in our jobs or with our kids and our families. How often do you stop and take a moment and assess what's going on with you? You know, like, mm, I didn't like how that conversation felt or, ooh, I feel, I feel like I'm hitting a wall you know, it's so much of that stuff is overlooked, but it creates impact. It really does. These are all the things I needed to hear. So thank you.
0: (laughs) Oh, Jennifer, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to switch to the topic of aging, because it does have to do with physicality and vitality. Although, in like, that's what we've been taught, right? Right. It's not necessarily true. But what has changed as you've gotten older? Like, are there certain things I feel like you alluded to this already, but that you have no longer have time for, or things that yeah. you were definitely
1: reserving your time for. Oh man. Oh, that's a good one. Just empty, empty. Okay. So when I was younger, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to this, you know, like I have a group of girlfriends, you know, and as I got older, that group got smaller and smaller and smaller. And I started to feel a way about it at one point, like in my early thirties, I was like, this is, what's going on. You know, you, is it me? I'm like, no it's not me it's you know i'm growing and i i now teach even my own kids you know as little as they are that friends come in seasons you know they serve their purpose you learn from those relationships you grow from those relationships if they're meant to be they'll they'll be intact you'll grow together or maybe maybe not or maybe they come back but that is definitely something i've learned that That includes work relationships, personal relationships, family relationships across the gamut. And there's nothing wrong with you. You do not have to play less than to appease others just for the sake of having friends because maybe those friends are no longer meant for you.
0: Mine also comes from like an integrity check. Mm -hmm. Like, is this person aligned with me?
1: 100%. Like in the
0: way, are they asking me to do something that falls outside of my integrity? Right. Cause I, I give a lot of space, a lot of leeway when it comes to, you know, people being individuals, people yep. being autonomous beings yes. that I don't know every single thing that they're dealing with. But when people ask me to do something that goes against my integrity, that's when I'm like, okay, this is probably not a good
1: relationship for me. Yeah, Very good. Like the values, right? Like I agree with you 100% because if 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 you just get it, then you're my people, right? And that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you're not my person. And I don't want to waste my time with people that aren't my people because I want to be in a room. I want to feel pumped. I want to be uplifted by conversation. I want us to connect in more ways than one and i'm not i don't want to play the convincing game like oh but you have to see it my way like no and i think people feel bad like they they equate that to being a bitch or being mean and it's like no this is your life you have to cultivate a circle that vibes with your values and who you are and where you're going and where you're where you are so i agree with you so much oh you just said something too that i have been saying <laughs> i think every
0: Every conversation that we've had—that I guess it's a huge pet peeve of mine—is just the waste of time.
1: Yes, the waste of time, and That's energy. a waste of time. And you know it. You talked about that feeling. You know it in your gut, right? And I think people feel bad. Like, well, why? Why shouldn't you deserve the best for your time? Your yeah. time is very valuable. All of us. Yeah, All of absolutely. Us.
0: And, but it's only something that I'm speaking about getting older. It's only something I'm really putting into practice now, I think. I mean, I, you know, I actually, I don't want to discredit past versions of me or like younger me. I don't want to like crap on her because she was, she was pretty awesome. She was great. She was great. She made the version of you today. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's a good version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I'm curious to see what version of this me- leads to like older version. Anyway. Yeah. Right? You know, I think I've gotten better. I'll just say I've gotten better with it. So that seed was there, and I guess I was nurturing it all along, and now it's like
1: coming to fruition. So when we're in our 20s, you know, even 30, early 30s, still discovering yourself. Yeah. Right. And you're meeting other people that are still discovering themselves, you know, but the foundation is planted from a very early age. And sometimes you come back to it, and sometimes it's an altered version. And sometimes I think self love is also like forgiving yourself, you know? Yes, after forgiving yourself like, hey, it's okay. You know, like you didn't you didn't know what you know now and that's why those things had to happen to make the version of you today. There's always a learning lesson and I try to nail down like regret and remorse, like if you can reframe it and say, "What did I learn from that? How can I do that differently?" It it creates a more abundant Outlook on your future versus what I didn't do or what I couldn't do or what I should have done, should have, should have. You know, like those shoulds, it's one of the cognitive distortions. It really holds people back. I should have gone, should have gone on that trip. I should have dated that guy. I should have done this. Like your life is now, right? And if you're constantly thinking about what you should have done, you're wasting this precious moment of now. Yes, <laughs> I also hear in
0: that, you know, you're you're talking about cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Did you get your degree in psych? I did. Okay, me too. That's why we vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for me too, one of the things that, because I, I worked with behaviorists for a long time. Mm. And so, the idea of modeling and like learning from one another. Right. And right. I think that that is the undercore of my work. I mean, I think there's a lot of threads, but one of the things you just said like, if you surround yourself with people, Mm -hmm. who do love themselves if you Mm -hmm. because I'm just thinking about what I hear in some of that is the shame right the shame of I shoulda I shoulda I shoulda I shoulda and sometimes that comes from other voices that we internalize right yes yes right You should have done this, you should have done that, you should have shoulda, shoulda. And so there's so much shame there, which is actually a very terrible teacher. (laughs) It's one of the worst because it's through coercion, not actual autonomy, right? You're not creating real change.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's very well put. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. Because from the other teachers, as you explained, like whose life are you living? Right. This happens a lot, I think, like for me, even when I went away to college, my mother's like, oh, you should be a lawyer. You should be a lawyer. And so I went and I majored in poli sci and I hated it. But I'm proud of myself that I didn't do it. Like many people still do it. I dropped that bad boy the first semester. And I found psychology and I loved it. And then so many, I've met so many lawyers, not just, it's not just law, but many professions where people went through all the schooling, went through the getting the degree and they are not practicing it because now they're finding, and I think it's better to find it whenever, but so many people feel obligated to see that through and they want to start a travel company or something, but that should, how could you do that? You should be a lawyer keep some pigeon held in a life. That's not who they truly are. And again, what a waste (laughs) of their time. Yeah. Right. You, you talked to my brother, my brother, your brother, you,
0: you and your brother, you're so cute. I love you both. You're so well, I can just feel the energy,
1: but yes, I spoke with your brother. Yeah. And so he went to school for business then found really good jobs in advertising, doing like project management, the pandemic hit. He's like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore went to school and now he does motion design and he's working on a movie. He's working on a documentary. Like it's possible, but you have to believe it's possible. It's not easy, but if you love it, I think what you're doing with Jennifer magazine and what I'm doing, like that's awesome. It's hard work, but you love the hard work, you know, and not everybody, this can be painted. You know, some people are more of a nine to five person and that's completely fine, but maybe you love to dance. And you're like, I'm not a professional dancer. Who cares? You can still join a club and dance. Like these limits that we create in our own mind. You create your own ceiling, but there's no ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. It's funny that you
0: mentioned dance because I've been wanting to take ballet because I did ballet as a little girl and yeah. I did it up until like middle school when I thought it was like not cool anymore. And I wanted to be and to be edgy. And ballet is not edgy. Right. <laughs> Right. And I've been actually looking at some classes that uh, do adult and I don't need to do anything other than just move my body and just tap into that feeling that I got when I was young about that freedom of
1: expression, you know? Yeah. I I, hold you accountable, Jennifer. I'm going to text you in like a month, be like, did you sign up for ballet? (laughs) 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 You're now my
0: accountability buddy. Well, I've been talking about it ever since for like eight years now and I just haven't done it. So I should probably just do it. If my soul, my heart keeps coming back to it, yes. why am I denying it?
1: Maybe a little fear, maybe yeah, you know, a little discomfort, you know, like I've been out of it, like I don't know. Yeah, and I think also just getting into the habit of yes.
0: it. You know, like it's the inertia factor. It's like, right. I, just, I need to do it. And then once I do it, once I get over that little like hill, like going yep. up the roller coaster, right. And then it's all downhill from there, but that first bit of inertia, <laughs> right. I got to get through that and yeah. to get that feeling of like, you know, butterflies. So, right. Right. Yeah. So as somebody who has been in the <clears throat> wellness industry, specifically when it comes to fitness, how do you, what's your view of it when it comes to how it sees women?
1: Ooh. I love the woo. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's changing. I feel like it depends on where you are. Like if we're talking about gyms, some of those old school traditional gyms, it's still very thin. It's healthy. It's very it uses it uses a lot of that old school language that can make anyone, no matter where they are, feel uncomfortable. But I have also seen changes in the language, changes in the the people in the ads, even instructors. I remember when I first started going to my gym, when I was just getting out of college, like I had no instructors of color, like none. And I'm not just talking about bar. I'm talking about across the gamut, like none. But now like I have a Latina instructor, I have a white guy, I've got biracial, you know, so that is pretty awesome.
0: Oh, also, I love that you're celebrating that. Cause I think sometimes in my mind, I'm all about like, again, the fight, what's yeah. the fight rather than the celebration, rather than the receiving. So yeah, there has been a lot of progress made. So thank you for lifting that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then also the different body types and sizes. That's another thing. Like never saw that in yoga ever. But like, I love seeing women come in there in like their sports bra and whatever. And it's all kinds of women age too. You know, like some of the older women are the ones that are in the skimpiest outfits. And I'm like, get it. That's inspiring. I just love that because why not? Like we are, we are all beautiful no matter what stage we're in. And it's up to you to believe that. And beauty is different. And that's why like, like with Pamela Anderson recently, like showing up the red carpet with no makeup on, I'm hoping her intentions are pure, (laughs) not just like a quick media hit, you know what I mean? But it's inspiring. Did you you watch her? Did you watch her documentary? My friend told me about it. I have not. I feel it's authentic. And maybe right. it's
0: because I sat with her story. Like, you know, I watched it and I had such an appreciation for her after. Cause I didn't, yeah. I didn't really have, I'm like, oh yeah, the Baywatch person. Yeah. Not, you know, I just didn't really pay attention to her. And she looked a very certain way. And I probably bristled at that and took away yeah. from her humanity because of my own views. Right. Right. And then I watched it and was like, oh my God, she went through so much she's so thoughtful. Like she's very thoughtful. And so when she did that was like interesting, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I mean, she's very media savvy too. So, but if she's media savvy in our benefits of women, maybe,
1: maybe I don't mind it. You know? So I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's interesting.
1: Yeah. I just think that there's always a takeaway. And I think people Like, Selma Hayek just did that, like, you know, a couple months ago. She was just, like, a close-up photo. Oh, Um, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Beautiful, um, mm -hmm. Another model that was popular in the 90s. I can't remember her name. Cindy Crawford. She's just like, why would I look like a 25-year-old? I'm not, you know? And I think if more of that happens as all of us start to age, we will feel more comfortable because media has a huge influence whether we like it or not, you know, whether you're taking in a lot of it or not, these messages are everywhere. So the more that that is amplified, the more I think you'll start seeing the conversation of self-love changing Mm. Mm. and being more prevalent, which Mm. would be such a great
0: thing. It would, Yes, because then we're all not fighting against each other and having these, like how I was with Pamela Anderson. Like if I, yeah. I feel like these projections that were right.
1: hers like she was doing her thing. I, who am I to say? And yeah. But it's how the media packaged her too, Jennifer. Like she may have always been that person, but they just packaged her as this thin blonde with a robust chest. Yeah, as a flat chested lady,
0: <laughs> let's just be honest. Right. <laughs> always like, man. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it no, it is. And I think, like you, I I really do think that people's souls are beautiful, people's bodies are beautiful when they show up in their fiercest, like most robust self-love way. I'm like, that is so
1: attractive. Yes. It is so attractive. It's magnetic. Yeah. I think a lot of men suffer from not having enough self-love. And that's why it comes across in other ways, because that part of them is dry and
0: thank you so much for that that is so important and yes and I get so focused because I pigeonhole myself but you are absolutely right I have a friend who's like when are you going to do some stuff on men and I was like oh I'm (laughs) sorry you get all the light all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah I see it with the men in my life and it's probably because I have really awesome men in my life but yeah I do see their vulnerability and them having challenges with those types of things and I think that's so Important to acknowledge and support and hold them like in mm. esteem as well. Thank yeah. you, thank you for bringing that to the conversation. We appreciate that. Now that we've talked about how you think the wellness industry sees women, and you did talk about some of the progress that has been made, yes. What do you still hope changes? What would you like to
1: see if you could like bibbity bobbity boo it? <laughs>
0: And like, what would what would change?
1: So as I said, I, you know, there's still a lot of gyms and like fitness magazines and social channels still functioning on that old narrative. I just like to see what I'm seeing on my new version of to be more common. And I think that starts from if they're getting their certification, the language in the book, you know, people are still talking about BMI and BMI is crap, things like that, like things that we need to be unlearning. Is still being taught, and so I would like to just see starting from the root. You know, and you don't know what you don't know. If the foundation of what instructors or fitness professionals are being taught, if that language and and whoever's who also who's teaching it, I think it should be people of all ages, people of all fitness backgrounds. I think that's really where a lot of the change will start to propel out more wherever the root is where they're learning because that will fill into the magazines, the fitness competitions, the gyms and everywhere. So that's what I would like to see.
0: Oh, that would be so good. I didn't pick up fitness. Like when I was little, I, I, I did dance high school. I did gymnastics and I always tried to like dabble, but I couldn't like get anything real going, you know, yeah. until I got into my mid forties and it was through vanity, quite frankly, where I was like, Oh, I don't like the way I look in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> Then I started working out and I was like, oh, my knees don't ache anymore. Oh, I don't have, I can, you know, I can get up this hill and it feels Mm -hmm. so much better. And Mm -hmm. so that is what has kept me there is that as we age, fitness becomes not a nice to have. It becomes
1: for me at least, and I know a lot of other, a need to have. Mm -hmm. Mm, I like that. Or you could change it also to, I get to have. Some people people can't move at all, you know, and, but I always say, make it preventative before there's a problem. Like when people get a high cholesterol or something, Oh, I'm going to work. I'm going to walk. I'm going to, and that's great. But does it stick? The cholesterol goes back to normal because you're on some meds and then you slack off. So like, it's a, it's a way of life. And I think one of the things that you don't have to do what Jennifer does, you don't have to do what's trending. You just need to move. Right. And if that means like dancing around in your living room, then that's your stick and that's fine. And so that goes again, back to that self-love, like who, do it unapologetically. You don't need to explain yourself to anyone. You don't need approval from anyone. You just need approval from yourself. Oh, so, cos- yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, I co-sign. I support. I yeah. broadcast. I love that messaging. Yeah. Cause cause it is about you. It's about what feels good in your
1: body. My body is not Correct. your body. Correct. Your body is not mine. Right. What feels good in your body? Right. Because um, a lot of people will be like, I hate working out. That's because they're not doing things that they love. You know, they're doing things what they think they should do. You know, there goes that shitty guide. And it's like, no, just do what makes you feel good. Absolutely.
0: Ooh. So you <laughs> work with people individually. Explain what it is so that... Because I know people are gonna fall in love with you. They're yeah. gonna to want to, they're gonna want more of you, they're gonna to wanna to work with you, they're gonna to wanna to follow you. So tell me all about the ways people can do that.
1: Yes, thank you. Yes, I work with people one-on-one coaching, and I help women reach their peak performance without the hustle. So that means let's not add to all that you have on your plate. And I specifically focus with entrepreneurial women because those women have a lot on their plate. And I you don't mean, mean we do, right? We do. Yeah. And so again, remember how I said, I was like my first client, this speaks to me. And so I get it. And that relatability is there. And so I help you devise self-love in a way that makes sense for you and no one else. And that's why I really love the one-to-one connection. And it's really just understanding that putting yourself first, it's not selfish. It's not being a bitch. It's necessary, necessary for you to thrive in your business in life, and with loved ones. And so that's through my one-on-one coaching. I do a six-month container because that mindset shift is not an overnight process. And that's another thing too, Jennifer, because in our society, everything's instant. Amazon's instant. We get everything right away. So you, in the process in itself, just the length of it, you're learning about yourself to be patient what Mm -hmm. you want takes time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I do it in a six month container, because in order for it to truly stick, it has to be unlearned to be learned. And so that's where that happens. That psychology background
0: really comes in handy. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I know my stuff. You're not going to stick with this. If you get like a few sessions, you know, it, you're not going to see the, your body change. You're not going (laughs) to, experience the benefits until you do it for a while. Plus you got to make it stick. Plus you have to go through that period where you're like, I don't want to. Right. Cause that inertia is going to come back. Right. Right. Patterns are going to come back and you have to be like, no, I know, I know what this is and I'm going to, I'm going to address it now. And so that practice of like what to come up. Right. Yes. You yeah. You're
1: like, no, no, no. Get I'm-, it. I'm still doing it. Yep. You yep. get it. Yeah. Cause yeah the the it. want can be there, but that consistency is, is hard. It's hard to, to manage. I'm just gonna be honest. You need somebody by your side.
0: Yeah. You do like, I, I didn't start, you know, when my habit of exercising stuck was
1: when I started working out with my husband, there I had my accountability partner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you lift like, each other up. Cause when he doesn't feel like doing it and you do like it's, yes. it's- Yes, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And we started doing it together and we take a walk every night. And and these moments of exercise Mm -hmm. have brought us moments of togetherness. You way that feels so nice. And I overheard somebody talking at the coffee shop once (laughs) because I'm an eavesdropper. (laughs) (laughs) And she was a yoga instructor and she was saying that she really has to, her clients come in, she dealt mostly with women. I pick up a lot.
1: (laughs) I tell
0: who I'm a, <laughs> uh, firm with, I'm like, stop talking just for a moment. And I like lean back in my chair. You're going to know that I'm eavesdropping. Um, not to say that you are not important, but right now something very interesting is going on behind <laughs> me anyway. So she was saying that she, that her clients come in and they're all these like, kind of like really stressed out women and stressed out people. Mm-hmm. And that what she does is she, she makes them exercise really hard at first Yeah, because she needs them to wear themselves out. So that then they can receive. And so there's something about that being in that. like my husband and I like going on our walks at night, like we're wearing ourselves out, but that's when everything that's been under the surface comes up in like this really rich, mm. kind of like nice way that we can then deal with it. So that's, that's, that's yeah, that's been a, if, if anybody has somebody that you want to be close with, take walks with them. Cause yeah. it's really. There's something kind of magical about that. So, yeah. So, so do you do, do you do these virtually
1: or do they have to be in your area? I have clients across the world, so they are usually done virtually, but I do have a couple local clients and those are, those are pretty awesome because we can do in-person connections where we do some soft movement and connect the mind and body, and then we'll follow it after with one-on-one sessions. So those end up, it speaks to what you were just saying, right? Because when you physically move your body and you connect that experience to the coaching, when we're not coaching, you physically move your body and you connect the experience to internal thought, negative or positive, how you feel, it becomes a practice. And so to answer your question, I work with women internationally, but also I do have some local clients that I work with as well. And local to
0: you is New Jersey. Whoop, whoop. Yep. <laughs> okay. And then you have a couple of things that you are offering people. So you have a 24 hours to prioritizing yourself. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yes. So I feel like a lot of people are curious about mindset work, but don't really know what it is. And so this download is a perfect way to start opening up your curiosity, right? Because through curiosity is growth. So my 24 hours to prioritizing yourself is a download that gives you everything you need to know about prioritizing yourself including how your mind works, including how to take a compliment, including how to set boundaries. These are all beautiful ways that you're putting yourself first. And so it's on my website. Anything now is a perfect time than any. Don't wait until the first of the year. Resolutions, resolutions. do it now, right? Today is the day. Yes. Today is the day. Like life is now. And then I also am offering everyone a 30 days to self-love checklist. And so Speaking to the question you asked earlier, a lot of women don't know how to practice self-love. This will get you going. And it's not just about getting a manicure. It's about looking in the mirror and literally looking into your eyes in the mirror mm-hmm. and honoring yourself. And that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The more that you can do that, the more you can show up for yourself. Yeah, download it and give it to men in your life. Give it to the people oh, in
0: your life 100% the people in your life. Yes, yeah.
1: I love that.
0: We don't have to just protect it for women. We can give it. Yes. We can give it to everyone. Share the joy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then if people want to follow you, I know that you're on Instagram. I know that you have
1: a website. Can you share those? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram at Nadia Murdoch. You can find some of my quick mindset coaching tips there too, and you can find me on my website NadiaMurdochFit.com, where I also have some great blog posts all about self love. Work out the library um, and a whole bunch of other good stuff. Yeah. So
0: do not delay. I know you might be listening to this in your car. Pull over. <laughs> go check it out. Put a note, pin a note. Siri, remind me <laughs> yes, to check this yes. out when I get home. Uh, yeah, I think it's wonderful. I love your approach. Absolutely. And I just I thank you so much for everything that you offered today because it was very rich, very lovely. I just feel like it was just so jam-packed. So thank you. Hmm.
1: Thank you, Jennifer, so much for the opportunity. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Oh, so good. Am I right? Oh, so good.
0: Many thanks to Nadia for being so open and sharing so much. You can find her on Instagram at Nadia Murdoch and on her site, NadiaMurdochFit.com. And read our feature on her in our January issue at JenniferMag.com. Check out our program. She's got a 30 days to self-love checklist. It's under $10, so it's absolutely worth it. As for us, you can find us on Instagram, even though I'm trying to ditch the endless scroll at Jennifer underscore magazine. And you know what? If you're trying to ditch the endless scroll too, I highly recommend signing up for our email list at JenniferMag.com. Join us. If you like this podcast, subscribe, share it with your friends, leave a lovely review. If you did not like this podcast, don't worry about any of those things. But if you did, all of these things, sharing, subscribing, uh, reviews, they mean a lot. Like, I know you hear that all the time, but like, those things are actually really powerful. With that, I'm going to say goodbye for now and remind you of how worthy you are. And I'm going to invite you to join me again for another much needed conversation. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Thanks. This podcast is edited by the amazing Carrie M. I want to thank the entire Jennifer Magazine team. They are incredible, and you should get to know them at jennifermag.com backslash r hyphen contributors. Now, you are never going to remember that. Go to the site click on our contributors. They're all there. They're all genius disruptors in the best way possible. I'd also like to thank our intern, Ellie Cooper. You're wonderful. You're doing a great job and I'm just so proud of you. So, and, and thanks for letting me pop into your room every five minutes while you were home for winter break and ask you questions about how to record this thing. (laughs) You're so patient with me. And I also want to thank Dave Cooper for his technical and emotional support. If it weren't for him, mm, would I be doing this? Probably, but um, with not as much joy, you know? So Dave, you're the best. And finally, the most important, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for trusting yourself. Thank you for investing in yourself and loving yourself. I'll see you next time.